0: Hello and welcome to Labor Pains Podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reiniger. I am so glad that you are here. If you are here for the very first time, welcome. I am so glad that you have found me. Um, and if you have been here before with me, welcome back to our community. This is a place where I strive to help women and men that are experiencing struggles with infertility loss of a child during pregnancy or infancy and we also I want to help you with the heavy grief that are associated with those. I create space here for stories to be shared and connections to happen. Your happiness is very important to me and it is also important to me that these episodes are valuable to you. I would love for you to do me a couple things. I would love for you to first connect with me on social media, both on Instagram and Facebook. I am at Living After Grief and also at Women Connect and Support. We share different information and resources on both of those platforms, so connect on both. Again, Living After Grief, and the other one is Women Connect and Support, both Instagram and Facebook. And then next, I would love to hear your feedback and suggestions on the podcast. You can do one of two things, um, different things to get in contact with me. You can message me on Instagram or Facebook. We'll definitely see it there. Or you can go to my website at livingaftergrief.com and click on the link to schedule a time to talk. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear feedback and suggestions that you may have for the podcast and I would love to allow you to share your story and if you have had a loss, I would love to hear about your baby. Hey, I would like to share with you really quick before we get into the episode for today that as a grief coach, I work with clients that are experiencing struggles with infertility, early or late miscarriages, stillbirths, or infant loss. After such profound loss, a woman desires to feel whole again for her family, friends, and most of all, for herself. To experience grief in a healthy way, One has to learn how to navigate through it. It takes time to learn how to live in the new normal. A coach like myself can help you in ways loved ones may not be able to. I am here to walk alongside you to find the hope, laughter, and joy in your life again without the blame and the guilt. I have a better understanding of grief. And the necessary mixture of human emotions that come with it and push through to engage in life again so you can so I can help you navigate through those triggers that are keeping you locked inside physically and emotionally. Life can and will be good again. So if you would like to set up a time with me, I would love to talk to you. Just click the link on my website at www.livingaftergrief.com to schedule a time to talk over the phone, and I look forward to hearing from you soon. I wanted to share that this is a re-release of a previous recorded podcast this week. This episode is one of the top listened-to Episodes in the past year and a half since I started Labor Pains podcast. And this was an episode that I recorded prior to, and probably was one of the episodes that was pivotal in me beginning to do the research and then pursue my now career as a grief coach. You'll hear in this episode how Candace struggled with her grief. When women are grieving, they don't always realize how grief is affecting them in so many ways and how that grief is affecting everyone around them. In this episode, while you listen, you will hear Candace talk about not loving herself. And then she also talks about her relationship with her husband, which indeed was a direct effect of the grief that they both had experienced. There are many things in the episode that Candace shared about her grief not being not being dealt with they just wanted to try to move past it i am again just thankful for candice sharing her story which touched my heart at the time and continues to guide me to helping others navigate through their grief i know that women want to feel whole again for their family for their friends and most of all for themselves enjoy this episode And if this resonates with you, reach out so we can have a conversation. I would like to welcome Candice. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you? Doing good. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, um, like I said, we haven't really, really met. We just have um, talked one time just a little bit. So I've gotten just a real brief um, description of your story. So I'd like you to share more about that. And first by starting with, with you and when you decided to, when, when did you want to have a family? When did you want to have children?
1: Yeah, you know, that's a that's an interesting question to yeah. start with. Um, but I you know, I knew I wanted to be a mom I think mm-hmm. always. I think when I was little, I I grew up in a big family and um I was the younger my mom had two sets of twins. I was the younger set, so I was always kind of being mothered. <laughs> yes. Um, but 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 I never got the chance to be, you know, to mother myself, <laughs> mother a younger sibling. Um And I just, I don't know when I was, when I was old enough to babysit, started babysitting and, um, went in high school when, when we had the opportunity to sort of start, um, doing other things that would lead us, you know, towards a career, I was taking child development classes and I was, um, working in, uh, the, the, um, surrounding preschools through my school and volunteering and doing you know different any coursework I could do that involved mm. kids I was doing I was a camp counselor in the summer and um I was always working with kids I always enjoyed working with kids so um I became a teacher but I I think from a very early age I don't remember a specific you know time or place that made me yeah. you know think oh I this I'm definitely going to be a mom um but I always wanted kids. I always wanted to be a yeah. mom Yeah, well, and think that's, I, think, and that's I pretty think common. Yeah, I do too. And I, you know, at, at this point, I'm kind of on the other side of that now after everything we've gone through. And now I'm kind of like, well, I didn't, I don't think I would have had a choice. I mean, obviously I did, but I, I think the, the way our society is now, um, and I think it's getting better, but I th- it's just what's expected mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a sense. And so I think that played a part in it, but I didn't know it sure. at the time. And sure, that's just the way it, it yeah. is. We're yeah. working on it as a society, we right? Are. <laughs> we are. We well, are.
0: That's for sure. So you mentioned that you are a twin and that you have older siblings that are twins. That's very interesting.
1: Yes. Yes, definitely. Um we we I grew up in a big family and my both of my parents came from big from big families and it was just sort of a I like it just it seemed to be like well known that those Clube, those those Myers, my maiden name was Myers, you know, we're gonna have continue this big family and have lots of babies <laughs> and my my parents were, you know, younger. Um and so you know they could have been young grandparents and um it i don't know we were just why not continue this big yeah. family and have lots of kids
0: yeah yeah
1: um so you had to find mr White. i i did <laughs> <laughs> and um i i found him pretty young actually we had um i we met in my senior year of high school he was he had graduated the year prior and we had a, a mutual friend and um we started dating and we dated while i was in college i was we had a long distance relationship and um survived that and uh before i before i even graduated college actually cuz i we we married before i did my student teaching okay um and we remodeled an old milk barn that was on their farm mm. into our home in our first year of marriage wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> we lived, we lived with his parents, our first year of marriage and remodeled the milk barn and built our home. And, um, then we spent, I, I would have loved to have kids right away. Um, I, like I said, I was crazy about kids, always babies and all of that. Um, at one point I think I would have been happy being a stay at home mom. Um, but you know, we, we had a young start. And so I don't think that would have been an option right away, but We, um, my husband wanted to wait. And when I, you know, when I thought about it, we dated for four years before we got married, but that was mostly long distance. And Mm -hmm. so we didn't, you know, most of our relationship was long distance. We hadn't really had time to just enjoy, you know, consistent company companionship with one another. So, um, so we, we waited and our, our agreement was to wait five years after, after being married to have children. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that's what we did. Wow. <laughs> we, we waited. Yeah. We waited five years to start trying and, um, there was no reason to believe that we would have, you know, any trouble necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, neither one of us had any health or medical issues or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, okay. And, we, and we didn't in the beginning.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, five years is a pretty long time to wait. But I totally understand that with, you know, your relationship prior to that. You're right. You needed to probably spend time with each other, just learning each other's.
1: Yeah.
0: E- e- each other's
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> ways. <laughs> ways. Yeah. And, and we were young. I was, you know, I was only 22. He was 23. Sure, sure. You know, so we had time. There was plenty. There's plenty of time. And, you yeah. know, time was not, you know, working against us in any way. We yeah. had plenty of time, and so okay. um I may have needed a little convincing of that, but um.
0: <laughs> well, you always <laughs> wanted children, so I could understand that. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. So you waited yeah. the five years, okay, and then and then what
1: happened? Um, and then miraculously, like pretty much as soon as we started trying to conceive, we conceived, Wow. Um, we took, we took a uh, trip um, to celebrate our five-year wedding anniversary. And um, we actually conceived, I think on that trip and about eight weeks in, I, I went in um, for an appointment and um, that baby never developed a heartbeat. Oh, and um that was that was difficult um but i had at the time i had just kind of barely found out i was pregnant um and it was really exciting because i thought oh my gosh this is amazing it happened so quickly i can't believe that um and we were we were really happy and excited and um and then then we weren't Yeah, And, um, neither of us really knew what to do with that. Um, we don't live, we kind of live outside of town. Um, I live in a very small rural community, but, um, I had always, um, had a doctor in, in St. Charles, I guess, really, or Lake St. Louis, um, is where my OB was. And that's where I had always gone. Cause I grew up closer to that. Okay. Anyway, so we, you know, I, I traveled for an hour to get to any hospital
0: mm. that
1: I, that I wanted to utilize. Okay. So when baby didn't have a heartbeat, we, you know, we kind of, we had a decision to make because I, and I was young and I didn't, didn't really know. Much. I didn't have any friends that had been through this. And, um, I, we, I chose to have a DNC, um, partially because I didn't know what would happen if, if something were to happen and there would be some kind of emergency and, and, and having a miscarriage on my own, um, it could get dangerous being so far. Sure. So far away. Sure. Um, and so. I just, you know, I I chose to have a DNC and, um, I, my, my mom was there. Um, I don't think my, I think my mom had gone with the appointment with me. I can't remember now, Mm -hmm. but, um, I remember starting school that year and, and I remember I was like, I was, I was tan. I had a glow about me from the sun, from the vacation, you know, Mm -hmm. and, Um, and all the other teachers were like, oh my gosh, you just look so fabulous. And I was hurting so much inside.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And I just, I didn't know how to, how to tell people. Um, I hadn't, I hadn't found a support group yet. Um, there was a lot of miscommunication at the time. The lady who, who ran the support group that I had kind of been, had, had gotten some information about it first. Um, her father passed away right at that same time. And so there was some, some miscommunication that was taking place. I, I didn't well supported. Hmm. And neither of us, I, we just didn't know what to do. Um, I think we tried to just sort of act like it didn't happen. Sure. Um, because we didn't know what else to do. And so we just tried to move on. Mm -hmm. Um, I spent a lot of time journaling. Okay. Uh, journaling was something I had started as soon as I found out I was pregnant. And so by the time I, I found out that, um, our first baby didn't develop heartbeat. I had already started a journal to the baby. Um, and so I continued that and that was helping some, but yeah. um, we, you know, really, I think we just tried to move on because we sure. didn't know what else to do.
0: Well, and it just, and nobody was yeah. really telling us. And it just what. seems like a lot of times that's what people want you to do because it's difficult yes. for them if they know. Um, right. You know, to, to, to even communicate or um, with you is it's hard. It's just a hard thing. You know, they don't want to upset you. So they don't want to bring it up. But Mm -hmm. you kind of want people to remember, you know, and it's just, it's just a difficult situation. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, very much so. And especially as, as early as um our first first loss was, mm-hmm. um, you know, there was we had told very few people, um, just because it, it you know was so early. Sure. Like I said, we had really just barely found out we were pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um and so I think it was just yeah, we just tried to move on. Yeah. Um which I don't think helped things. Yeah. Because um not really talking about it and just trying to move on from it. Not ever. It just, yeah. it didn't, it didn't heal anything. Yeah. It didn't. Um.
0: Not ever going through oh, the whole grieving of that loss. Right. Okay.
1: Right. Okay. So, you know, within a few months, I think it was maybe two or three months. Um, we were able to conceive again. Mm-hmm. And that was, great and terrifying all at the same time sure um you know i i'm sure you've heard it a lot you know like i there was no reason they didn't have any reason why the the first one you know didn't work out there was no reason to believe that it would happen again and um so i i don't it was terrifying in the sense that well, we don't know what caused it. So who's to say it's not going to happen again. Right. Went to the doctor as often as we could. And we had lots of reassurance and, um, everything seemed to be going really well. Oh good. And, um, we were, we were feeling good. We, you know, we shared with people and, um, that was in November, I guess. And, um, gosh, we, you know, most of all of winter was great and March was good. Um, and I was growing and, you know, we were, we were doing well and feeling pretty good. And then on good Friday, we went for what was supposed to be our 20 week ultrasound. We were like close to a week behind, but, mm-hmm. um, and we had decided we were not going to find out the gender of the baby. We wanted to be surprised. I wanted, I wanted, I should say I wanted to be surprised. (laughs) My husband never wanted to be surprised. I just won that battle with him. (laughs) Well, you
0: waited the five years. So that was only (laughs) right.
1: Right. That's, that's exactly what I said. Um, And so I, so I wanted to be surprised. So we were going to be surprised, but you know, obviously we wanted to go and make sure everything was healthy and growing. Right. And, um, you know, we, gosh, we were in in the room and um they the lady was was rolling the thing the the whatever the wand on my belly and and silence she was silent and i remember like my heart sank i i just knew and and she just excused herself and said, oh, I'll be right back. And I wanted to just scream and cry right then and there. Mm-hmm. And I looked at my husband and he, he was like, I think he could read it on my face, but didn't want to say anything. And I think he was feeling it, but again, didn't want to say anything. And he just said, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. And then she came back with the doctor and the doctor started doing the same thing she was doing and click, 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 and still nothing to move over here and click, click, click. And and he said, there's no heartbeat.
0: Mm. And I had just,
1: I had just been in, we had had an ultrasound, um, two, two weeks prior. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was like, what do you mean? Oh, we were just here. Everything has been fine. And, um, it wasn't fine it wasn't fine. And that because it was good Friday um, most of the doctors weren't in their offices. He wanted, he wanted me to go see the maternal fetal specialist and um, that doctor wasn't in. And we really just, there was nothing we could do Mm. except for go home. And I remember just sobbing And feeling like I can't believe I, that this has happened again. And, and why, and he couldn't tell me anything, you know, he, they, there's only so much they can tell from an ultrasound. And, um, you know, we, so we just, we had to go home on good Friday and spend the entire weekend at home, like, just knowing that the baby inside me was gone.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: And, and it so was torture. Sorry. Yeah. It, it was torture. We we boycotted Easter. We didn't we didn't see anybody. We didn't do anything. We just sat at home yeah. and cried a lot. Yeah. And um that following Monday, we, we went back to the doctor and we had an amniocentesis. Monday, April 6th, um, I was induced that night and it, it I, I wasn't in labor very long. I was laying there and I had mostly back, and they had, I they could give me just feel pain. Um, because at that point, it didn't matter what was good or bad for the baby. And so um I wasn't in pain and I could I was having contractions, but I wasn't having to push what the baby just slid right out of me mm. at one point. And I just remember telling the nurse, I think the baby came out and sure enough it did, and our baby was not a twenty one week old baby. I mean, technically she was, but, um, she had stopped developing at probably 16, 14, 16 weeks. Oh, wow. And so she was, she was very tiny. Um, she hadn't, she hadn't developed any skin. She was very fragile. They couldn't put her in clothes. They had to put her in, they had to put her in a little pocket. And, um, I remember (laughs) Sorry. No, you're okay. I remember that we had agreed before we went that, um, or I guess in the hospital when we were there, um, we, my husband and I had thought, well, we're, you know, we're not going to take any pictures and we weren't going to have any. And then, um, the nurse, (laughs) the same nurse who had lost her dad, who was in charge of the support program, um, was there. And we had, we'd worked things out at that point. (laughs) Um, and she's such an angel, but she kept trying to talk us, talk to us about taking pictures and doing all these things. And at first that was kind of horrifying for us. You know, the idea of doing all those things with our dead baby, like that, that sounds terrible to say, but I mean, that, that was the reality of it. And we, it sounded horrible to us. Mm -hmm. And, and then as it was all happening, it made so much more sense. (laughs) Sure. And we were, you know, looking back, we were so thankful that she, that she continued to talk to us about it and didn't just, you know, give up <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: when we were, when we were unsure.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, because it really was important for, for our grief process sure. to do those things. And um, yeah, we, we went home with that box of things <laughs> and, and no baby.
0: Sure. Wow. That's got to be the most difficult thing for it any was. woman and, and husband to endure.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, it to, it to was today the hardest, yeah. the hardest thing. Yeah. To know that your baby is gone and, and you have to deliver, but yeah, you know, like you said, thank goodness that the nurse, you know, pushed you a little bit towards that. She knew, yeah. you know, she yeah, knew she that know. you, that, she, that you, you didn't want it then, but it, it would be so beneficial yeah. for you later.
1: Yeah. She had, she, you know, she'd been doing what she was doing for a very long time. Um, and so we, we did sort of eventually kind of give in and let her and let her lead us through, um, what seemed right as it happened. Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember being so mad when, when we checked in at the hospital and they made me go to the labor and delivery floor. Mm. (laughs) And I, I looked at him when the, when they said something, you know, labor and delivery. And I looked at my husband and I said, we're going to have to be up there with all those Mm. moms having babies. And I was livid. And they had to talk me into it because, (laughs) because they said, that's, you know, that's where the nurses are that know how to, how to deal with, with babies, you know, whether they're alive or, or not like that, you know, that's where our nurses are. That's where the doctors are that, that need to do the job that you need. And I was just beyond Mm. angry about it all. Um, But they, you know, our room was back in the corner and not, surrounded by you know everybody having healthy living babies they did the best they could sure and they actually the hospital did a phenomenal job and all the nurses were just wonderful and um yeah I didn't hesitate at all when we were when we were ready to try again and and going through it all again that that, that was the hospital I wanted to be at. So.
0: Mm-hmm. And so with this loss, how was the grieving? Did you find more support? Oh, it,
1: yes, it was very different. I okay. I think it was a little harder in some ways because I hadn't really processed the grief from the first loss. Hmm. Um, so I think in some ways it was kind of compounded. Um, but we, but the support was definitely there. We had, found a support group and started going right away. Um, both my husband and I went together for a a few months. Um, and I, again, because we live where we live, I was traveling about an hour to get to a support group meeting, but, um, I was participating a lot online in, I don't even know if they have these anymore, but share had these discussion boards online. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was using that a lot. Um, especially in the evenings, you know, I would just get in there and just talk with people, have conversations with other people that were going through what we were going through. And, you know, even it, it, the first thing, you know, people tell you when you, when you join a support group is that you're not alone and, and you know, you're not alone. You know, there are, you know, this many other people in that group that have gone through what you're going through. And yet when, when you're in the darkest moment, it feels so alone and so lonely. And so, um, the support group was a tremendous help. That's cool. Um, and thank goodness we had found that and, um, and did that. I also sought out, uh, individual counseling as well.
0: Okay. So did you, did you get connected? You had mentioned SHARE was the organization um, that helped you through uh, that support, a lot of that support. Yeah. Were they connected to the hospital that you went to?
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. The nurse, um, nurse. we went to St. Joe's West in Lake St. Louis and um, our, mm-hmm. our labor and delivery nurse um, that was there is, was the one at the time that was in charge of the the support group specifically that was out in, um, Troy, Missouri, okay. um, which was the technically it probably wasn't the closest. There was, there was another one like in St. Charles and there was one, um, in St. Louis and I live over in Washington, Missouri. So, um, I was going to travel about an hour either way. And mm-hmm. since, since she was the one that kind of ran the group there, um, and we knew her, we felt comfortable with her. So we, we started with that group. Um, and so, yeah, Cher was, has definitely been a big support.
0: Yeah. They are, they are amazing here in the St. Louis area. And I know they're, they're across the nation, but I know Mm -hmm. specifically here, they're, they're very, they do very, very well. Lots of education and stuff with, with that. So with this second loss, um, did they determine why? I mean, there's a lot of times that there's never, sure. ever an answer to, to why, right. but I was just curious in your case, was there, were there any answers? I, I'm um, sure that's something that you asked yourself
1: a hundred times, Oh, you know, every why, why, why? single day. Yes. Um, and we, I kind of exhausted tests and doctors, um, and I had, uh, I had done some tests and the one doctor and then, um, then I didn't, I didn't like some of the information I had gotten. Um, I wasn't sure about it. And then I went to another doctor and our, and then the first doctor was leaving and, and it was kind of a lot of, mm. a lot of chaos and a lot of, a lot of going back and forth. And um, then I found a new doctor and I had lots of tests and I have, um, they thought it was an, a blood clotting factor. But then the next doctor said, you know, they didn't even do this test or that test to determine that. And that's really what you need Mm. to be doing to determine that. And the new doctor ran those tests. They were like, you don't have a blood clotting disorder. And um, essentially really there was no reason. I do have a weird uterus. (laughs) They, they found, (laughs) okay. Um, I have, Uh yeah, my uterus is like shaped like bunny ears. So I have two like uterine cavities. Mm. Um, and so, but they, that couldn't have caused what happened either time. Um, okay. So really there, there was no cause for what happened, um, except for, not, not cause like within me, the, what caused, um, our stillborn baby, the second, t- the second loss was, um, something called Turner syndrome. And that is a genetic abnormality that just happens. It's not something either of us passes on. Um, it just happens the they, the DNA or whatever mutates. And, um, it is a, a genetic condition that some it only happens in females and some little girls are are born with it and are born alive. And, you know, they, they have different um, um, features that are um, developed or whatever the way they are because of their Turner syndrome, but they're, they can survive. But a lot of, a lot of babies that um, are born with Turner syndrome are, don't make it very long. Um, Mm. They're, it's not, it's not often compatible with life, I think was the words that the doc. And so that, that yeah. is what caused our second loss. It's very unlikely to happen again. We didn't know what caused the first loss and the idea that we could have the same exact cause of, a, of another loss after the second loss, you know, was not really likely at all. So, okay. um, we, we took a lot longer before we were even considering trying again after our second loss,
0: Um, which is totally understandable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We waited um, through a lot. We did. We waited quite a few months. Um, and then But you still
0: wanted children. So I I, I am just at all with a lot of women that go through so much, but then their desire to have a family and have children is still so
1: strong in them. I don't think you can turn that off. You I don't think so either. It's just I I, mean my well, and I'll tell you, my husband and I went back and forth because I think he was done. He would have been done. Yeah. Um he he wanted very little to do with any more of the possible heartache and turmoil. And um, you know, for him it was he he had kind of lost me. And so the idea of, of physically possibly losing me, you know, um, and, and another baby was really a lot for him. I think, Mm -hmm. I think if I hadn't ever said another word about having another one, I think he would have never said another word either. Um, Yeah. But man, like I said, you just can't turn that off. No, it's just, it doesn't just go away. And so, uh, you know, eventually um, we agreed to, to try again. And then we just had lots of trouble. We had some infertility issues for probably about a year. Mm -hmm. um, Once we did to start, decide to start trying again, which just brought on more doctors and more questions (gasps) and more tests and more um, you know, ideas of interventions and, um, ultimately we had, it, it was really hard on us and,
0: um, and I'm finding and reading more and more that that's not uncommon to after, even after having, you know, a live birth that, the chances of infertility even after that, you know, is pretty great.
1: Which yeah. I had
0: ne I never knew that. And I'm like, really? Like I would think once everything starts working and, you know, your body's in motion that you know, the pregnancies are easier, but not always. But that's, that's not sure. always the
1: case. It's not always the case. And I um I think I, I have my own theory health theory on that, but, um, yeah, it, it is very common and you Mm -hmm. don't realize it necessarily, I think until you're in it and, and then it stands out and then you start thinking about it and you realize maybe you heard this person was having trouble and that person was having trouble and, um, Mm -hmm. and then you, you notice it more, but it's, it's definitely more common than it used to be. And if it's not, it's at least talked about it more than it used to be, you know, it's, it's sort of like, um, you know, now I think women just know. And so we're, we're in the know, you know, we know everything, we have access to everything and all the ideas and we can track our cycles and we can, we know our bodies and we know that if we eat this or we drink that, like it should help us ovulate. And, you you know, we just have so much more information now than we Mm -hmm. used to that, sure. you know, I think, um, I think people think about it and, and worry about it more than they used to, you know, long ago, yeah. women just kind of like, Oh, I'm pregnant. Like, just, I don't want to say like, like just popped up suddenly they're pregnant, but in a sense, you know, nobody was tracking things. Nobody was recording or nobody was, you know, necessarily trying. They just, they weren't preventing and things just happened naturally.
0: Yeah, um, and and if they did have trouble, it wasn't ever ever talked about, right? You know, or if they had a miscarriage
1: or was stillborn, it was never ever talked about. No, no, they were. Ooh. I had one lady tell me that she was basically um, in the hospital when she lost the baby, and they, she told me they basically closed the door and turned off all the lights and basically had her sit in the dark until she was ready to come out. And nobody ever wanted to talk about it.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: And that was many, many years ago, but she's alive well, now. So it, yeah. it, you know, it, it wasn't yeah. that long ago, you know, it wasn't that long yeah. ago, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Which was heart wrenching. I was, I just, I couldn't believe that. I couldn't imagine that. I, I don't know how anybody would come out of that.
0: Well, and they would take the babies and the babies, the funerals, burials, and everything would be done where the woman was still in the hospital because they stayed in the hospital so much longer back then. Yeah. And so they were never part, they would never be a part of that funeral or burial. I'm glad that's all changed me too. Oh my
1: goodness. Me too. I know we've come a long way. We still have a long way to go, but we have come a long way. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. That's okay. We're a very young. So you,
0: (laughs) we, yeah. So you struggle with some, you struggle with infertility for a while.
1: We did for about a year. And, um, that might've done more damage than the loss, than the losses themselves, I think to our marriage. But, Mm -hmm. um, in the end we did end up conceiving again and um boy if i thought the first that second one was scary the third one was by far more torturous than the second and um we just we were so careful and so cautious and so quiet we we kept it quiet longer than than i think i would now knowing and just changing the way i have now but um you know we we kept it to ourselves until it was a little more obvious and we kind of had to and um but every everything went okay we had a little boy and um, he was he was not quite full term uh, technically he was but um I had to have a C section boy was that upsetting because not only was i like always wanting to have kids and i wanted to have lots of kids but um i desperately wanted to have a natural childbirth i'm sure. i'm a little bit of a of a hippie in the sense that i don't like medicine <laughs> i don't you know i believe you know i like to do things naturally when i can and if at all possible and i just really wanted the experience of natural childbirth sure and I hadn't gotten that yet. And I, I was just distraught when the doctor told me that because of my uterus, um, they would, they would probably, um, have me, have me, um, have the baby early. Um, and I would probably, I would have to have a C-section. And I went to more than one mm. doctor to confirm this <laughs> because it was, not okay, the answer. That's good. it was not the answer I wanted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but every doctor I spoke with was like, yeah, in your case, that's that's the best way. And at that point it was like, okay, I'm going to do just about whatever you tell me to do. If you are going to tell me it will keep this baby safe and healthy because I can't have another loss. I cannot do it again. And so yeah. I I gave in. I gave up on having natural childbirth.
0: <laughs> and well, I'm glad that you went to a couple different doctors. Yeah, and the answer was the yeah, same. So with, then it was definitely I the then terrible. you. Then it's okay to give in. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was still not what I wanted, but ultimately my yeah. want for a healthy, happy baby overtook my want for a natural mm-hmm. childbirth. Makes sense. So. Makes sense. So I agreed to the C-section and we, he was, um, he came out, uh, a week, about a week ahead, not too far ahead of schedule Mm -hmm. and he was happy and healthy and, um, we were, were able to bring him home and, uh, he is now eight years old and, um, I, I would have probably turned around and had two or three more if it were up to me, um but I was a high risk pregnancy at that point because of everything we had been through and because of my weird uterus and, Mm -hmm. and it took my body a long time to, to work itself out again Mm -hmm. um, after that last pregnancy. And um, yeah, it just, with just this year, we decided, I, I guess our one here on earth and our, our two in heaven are enough for us. Um, and so we stopped. Oh, so there we are.
0: Well, you never, yeah. Beautiful family.
1: For sure. You
0: know? Yeah. And we're we're very happy. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you have all those other children that you teach. I do, I
1: do. and they are <laughs> to fill any there,
0: any want or desire. Oh, I tell you what,
1: I there are some days I come home and I think, oh, thank goodness, I only have the one to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, every once in a while. Wow. But-
0: yeah. yeah. Well, one of the questions, and you've you've answered this pretty pretty much, is you know I always ask you know where you found support, um, and you indicated through through share Absolutely. was a great support. Um, did you have family friends? And you said you did go to some um, individual counseling as I well did. as well. I did so. So talk about that, sure. all of that, you know, if there's any advice that you can give on some of that kind of stuff, just if someone needs to find help, some good support and comfort. Sure.
1: So I did a lot of reading um, and I don't know why, cause I had never really been a reader. Um, okay. But in one of the discussion boards or in my support group, I can't remember now, somebody suggested a book. And before I could get to a support group meeting, I found a book, I bought a book that somebody had suggested and I started reading it and I just devoured it. And then I wanted another one and another one and another one. And I was happy to buy them all online because the, the library in my town did not have a single one, not a single book on the topic of of loss or infertility or grieving grieving, you know, your baby or anything, not a single book on the topic. And I remember being hmm. just livid about that. And so one of the first things I did was when if I was buying a book, um I bought two. And I would put a little sticker in them that said, you know, part in in memory of or in honor of um Lee Kluba. And I put her birthday and, um, I put uh, the sticker on the inside of the book and I think by the end of it, I had donated five or six books
0: Wow! and
1: I started, I was going to donate them to the library and a, or not the library, um, the, the hospital here in town and the, on the labor and delivery floor. And at the time they would not take them. Hmm. I was, I, it boggled me. It boggled my mind. I was like, I don't understand why I am offering you a resource for a yeah. grievance because because I knew they were having moms that were losing babies, I mean it had to be happening, and they told me as such, sure. but for whatever reason, I can't remember now because I thought it was dumb and I didn't remember it but i there was some reason <laughs> they gave me that they that they didn't want them, and so then I gave them then i donated ended up donating them to the library um And so I did a lot of reading. I did a lot of journaling. I did end up going to an individual counselor as well. Um, And my particular counselor um, had also lost a child, um, a high schooler. Um, Her son had passed when he was in high school. No, Mm -hmm. And um, so she, you know, to a certain extent, knew I mean, it's different. I would, I would say, I to a certain extent could connect with her. I, you know, there's a big difference between losing a baby and losing an, a 17 year old, but um, and, and yeah. in some ways, and, but yet, some ways and yet, so we had we <laughs> had plenty, yeah, absolutely, we had plenty to connect about. Um, and yeah. she was a wonderful counselor, and um, so that helped. But then I also did. I went to the support group through Share. And I did the share events. I did the boards. Um, I did have, I, I, the family is the one thing that I had support. I can't say I didn't have any support. My mother-in-law, when my husband decided that the meetings weren't for him anymore, my mother-in-law would ride along with me, um, mm-hmm. because it was an hour and nobody, nobody wanted me poor, poor me to drive myself you know the 2 hours <laughs> sure by myself sure. you know at that time and so my mother-in-law would ride along with me um my my mom didn't uh live as close anyway um so i did have some family support but to this day i think i would have had m- a more family support um if we had included them a little bit more um we didn't Uh, it's the one thing I regret. We didn't let, um, anybody come in and see Lee. Uh, we named her, we ended Mm -hmm. up naming her Lee and we had a hard time because for a while we didn't know what her gender was because we weren't going to know. And so we had to, we picked a gender neutral name and we did name her. Um, but it it took us a while to, to decide. Um, and we did have a, a funeral for her and family was at the funeral. Um, friends were at the, a few friends were at the funeral, but so my one regret uh, we did we okay. did have family um our parents did come to the hospital but they saw us they didn't see Lee. Um nobody else saw our baby but us. Okay. And I think in some ways it didn't make it as real for for our family. And so I don't think they recognized quite the level of of pain and grief, and I don't think they were mm. able to support us as well as maybe they could have. Um, okay. They tried. Well, that makes you know sense. they tried, and and like I said, yeah. it part of that was us. We we didn't know, and you know Lee didn't look look like a baby as much. You know she was very underdeveloped, and so it was really it was it could have almost been traumatizing in itself just to to see her, if that makes sense. Um, and so, you know, we just, we had a, we had a hard time deciding on that. Um, and ultimately it is kind of the the one decision I regret, but, um, yeah, we did.
0: Have you, did you share the pictures with them? Um, no, we didn't. Um,
1: I, it was one of those things I, for a long time, I felt like I'm just going to remember her the way that I wanted to see her. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I think Mm -hmm. for a long time, I didn't even look at the pictures myself um, because, Mm. because that's, I knew I would see her, how she really was. And I just Mm -hmm. wanted to remember her, how I, how I wanted to be seeing her. Sure. Um, Makes sense. And so we didn't even look at the pictures ourselves for quite a while. Um, I recently showed them, shared them with my son for the first time. Um, mm. And he's such a sweet, sweet little boy. He, we share with him. He knows about Lee. He knows he has a big sister in heaven. Um, and he, uh, he thinks about her often. We just recently had to put up our, one of our dogs to sleep and his, um, his like second thought, his first thought was that he was sad. And his second thought was that now she's in heaven playing with Lee. And um, yeah, he's he's very thoughtful. He's sweet. And um, so that's important that he, you know, he knows and I know some people question us because Um, you know, she was older and so he, he wouldn't have to know anything, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. But we talk about her and we pray for her every night. And um, he definitely knows that he has a big sister watching over him and that's important too. And if I had to, if I had to suggest, you know, or have any specific advice, it would just be to remember the love that started it all because that's going to take you mm. back to your partner. And I think through all the grief and all the turmoil and trauma, I think we get pulled apart from our partner often. And I, I know there's a lot of marriages that do not survive loss. Um, yes. And we almost didn't even I, it took two years after our, after our son was born for my husband to be like, Hey, this is a problem. Um, and I, I was totally oblivious to it all because I had just plowed right through everything to get to my ultimate goal, which was to have a baby. And I finally had my baby and now I'm just going to live everything about my baby. And and I, and I know I'm not the only one that does that either, but Um, It was a big wake up call when my son was about two that my husband said, Hey, we, you know, this is, we've got to do something about this and taking the time to stop and think and, and realize what it had done to us really um, made me realize how I, there was a lot I could have done sooner and we would have been a lot better off. Um, and so, you know, I knew pretty early on that he and I grieved very differently and they say that, you know, they say Mm -hmm. women and men grieve differently and that's, you know, we do everything differently. Right. So that's no surprise, but it's really hard to see that and be, and find ways to be okay with it when you're, when you're deep in your grief. Um, and so we had made it through that part and I thought everything was fine, but, (laughs) It, it wasn't, Our, maybe we had, we had survived <laughs> the grief part, you know, separately and maybe together, but the, the, the ways that I had changed and um, the person I had become was, was not the person I wanted to be. Um, and it was just because I kind of just let myself go on autopilot and obsess about having a baby. And I I didn't care even about my own body or my own self or my own, you know, all I cared about was a baby. And so it took me a long time Mm to sort of come back in to connect to myself again and to my body. And so, and that's ultimately what ended up leading us to back, back to a healthy, healthier marriage. Um, So besides just knowing that, you and your partner are going to grieve differently and that that's okay that you can still support one another. You know, it might take a little bit more work to find ways to support one another while you grieve differently. But, um, but even beyond that, to, to make sure that you stay connected to yourself, I think what had happened for me was hmm. I, I, because my body didn't do what I wanted it to do. I just kind of just disconnected completely from my body. I hated my body. I didn't work the way I wanted it to. And so, um, I just disconnected from it. And, um, I spent mm. a lot of, you know, probably four years just disconnected from my body, not really in tune, not caring about it, not thinking about it. And, um, ultimately it just meant that I wasn't really connected with my partner either. And so.
0: Well, that makes total sense because to me it makes, that makes total sense that your body didn't do what you wanted because you could not have more children. You know, it was recommended that you not, and that's what you wanted was, was more children, a bigger family. And And so that totally.
1: Yeah. And at one point, you know, I thought that was all I ever wanted was to have a family And, um, yeah, so yeah, it was definitely, but it, I didn't realize that that's what was happening and it took me a long time to realize that that that's what had happened and to, and to sort of put myself back together and come out of that. And, um, I just think women in general, we spend so much time loving everybody else and taking care of everybody else. And, Mm. and we don't even realize that we're not loving ourselves. And, um, yes, we need to love our partners as well, but, um, you know, you've, I've, I've learned, I've learned a lot in the last year or so, um, a lot in the last five years, but especially in the last year or so that you have to love yourself before you can truly love anybody else. And so absolutely you know, if I could Absolutely. tell any grieving mother, you know, anything, if I could convince, convince her of anything, it would definitely be to, to make sure you still love yourself. Like, don't forget about you because, um, mm-hmm. I think that's the trap a lot of us fall into when, when our bodies don't do what we think they're supposed to do. Yeah. I would
0: agree totally with that. I think it was great that he came to you and said, you know, this is not good. Yeah. This is not working for me or, yeah. or however thank, he said that, he because there's plenty of times.
1: Yeah. There's like, okay, yeah, I'm out yeah, of here. Lot,
0: you know, could have been all yeah, that he had said. Yeah,
1: lots would have been <laughs> just, lots would have just been out the door. Um, so thank goodness he didn't, yeah. <laughs> he didn't just yeah. walk out and there's some, not give me a chance to work on it and and we worked on it together so
0: yeah that's great that is great obviously there is tremendous love there sure, from him
1: for sure and you know for you. when you when you stop and think about it none of the other stuff would have happened if i if there wasn't love there to begin with so Absolutely. you just have to keep yep you just have to keep going back to that and and keeping that hmm strong
0: mm-hmm. well and love is is the basis too of of grief if we didn't love we right. wouldn't grief for those children we can't have or yeah. that we've lost um if there's no love there is no grief and so grief love is is like you said it's it's the the main part of all of it yeah. for sure you got to have it. And so much. You're right, as women. Whether we've lost children or or anything in our life, we are all guilty of not loving ourselves first. But we're learning. We're learning as as a society that that's most important for society and for
1: us. It's coming around. We're getting there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we are. We are. So as we conclude, you already said so much, you know, words of encouragement, advice for the listeners. Um, I want to just bring it back to you. If there's anything else you'd like to share with, with the listeners, um, any advice. Um, I, I just, um, like I said, it's kind of at the beginning at all with women that just continue to to push towards what they want, and and like you said, it's kind of just I think instilled in us, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> we are fighters. Yeah, yeah we end. sure are. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Anything else you'd like to to share? I, I know this recording will probably um have put it well when it goes out will be just after and you just experienced the share mm-hmm. walk here locally, um, and that. I will get to one of these, one of these times, but that has got to be tremendous too, to be connected with so many people. So yeah. Um, Any, any last
1: words? Stay connected and, and to try to, try to stay in love with yourself and try to remember and hang on to other things you, you love about yourself, about your life that you love to do so that you stay connected to some love. Because I think, I think we just get lost and so deep in our grief that we, we have a hard time coming out of the dark and and love, love mm-hmm. will, I love will heal you. And if you stay in love, whether it's in love with yourself, in love with your partner, in love with someone or something that you can just hang on to, to keep a little bit of love alive in your heart, Um, I think it will help you ultimately get through the worst, the worst of days in grief. And Mm. yeah, I, I think that's probably all I can say.
0: Thank you. Well, beautifully said, beautifully said. So I want to thank you so much um, for sharing, you know, your story, even though it's very, very painful. I think the more that we share our stories, um, the more we can help, um, help sometimes help ourselves with with sharing, but all of those others that we can, we can help. Is the main yeah is the yeah. goal right especially absolutely us the more as we women. share
1: the the better we are and the better others are
0: absolutely absolutely well thank you again so much sure. for Thanks taking for this me. time. Thank you again for joining me today to listen to another episode of labor pains podcast if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast I ask again that you do that so click that link and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode also if you can write a review I would be so grateful to you for doing that it is our way to help all of those out there Um, spread the word grab a wider reach so that we can help as many as possible And as always, if you can share the link to this podcast on your social media, to your family, your friends, your coworkers, a neighbor, that it would benefit, I would be so grateful to you. And as I said before, if this podcast resonated with you, you, if you're struggling with navigating through your grief, please reach out to me so that we can have a conversation so I can help you navigate through that and you can do that through social media on Instagram or Facebook or my website Living After Grief so in all of those locations Living After Grief is how you can connect with me and as always I know that when you share your stories you inspire others on their journey and you give them hope.